Yes, so again, my name is Jean-Claude Monacham. The pleasure to welcoming Brad Robertson. Uh, Brad and I uh, know each other for many, many years, I would say. We, uh, uh, we uh, did uh, uh, different uh, projects, as you said, together. Uh, we, uh, we actually even did the, the, the test or let's say the soft launch of the uh, SSI lifeguard program uh, that we did in, in Mallorca a few years back. And that was really a, an amazing experience to, uh, to do that together. And uh, before we, we go into your uh, history, I would say what amazed me, and that's why I came uh, to you to uh, ask you to join us here, is uh, probably one of the best dive I did uh, I think it was two years ago, or even three years ago, it was together with you in, in Mallorca and uh, it was completely uh, an eye-opener because I did some dives obviously in the, in the meds, but what I saw that day was, uh, was just phenomenal. And um, I think that many people should know what is really uh, under the water there. So, Brad, uh, maybe you introduce yourself and you, you tell a little bit about your... Uh, uh, history because you are not the typical Mallorquin. Uh. <laughs> I, I was actually I was actually described as Australia Australian today, Australian. Um, and that was um, that was by another SSI dive instructor actually, Miguel. Um, and that was a, that was really a, a pleasure to be described and embraced um, by by locals so much. Um, my name's Brad Robertson. I'm the president and co-founder of Save the Med Foundation here in Mallorca. Um, I try to shake my Australian accent, but it, it stays with me everywhere I go. Um, born and bred in Oz, um, and I've been here in Mallorca for the last 10 years. 10 years already, yeah, so, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're already uh, local here. <laughs> more and more every day, JC. Yes, so I can see also some uh, nice uh, people joining there and some say, hey, uh, hey, JC, uh, Dan uh, Hawks, uh, hello, I see Alejandro, Karim, so we have people from uh, UK, we have people from Egypt, we have people from uh, Italy, I can see quite a number of people from uh, everywhere as well, so always really cool to have uh, such an uh, international audience. We've so, got one, one VIP watching as well, JC, um, which is my mum back in Tassie, so in Tasmania in Australia. So It must um, be late for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all right. She'll, she'll, she'll be very excited, I'm sure. So, Brad, uh, why did you come to Mallorca at first? Maybe you were coming from Australia. I know you are a diving instructor. Uh, but but why coming from Australia, Great Barrier Reef, or I don't know, all these uh, super fancy dive spots there, and you end up in Mallorca? Yeah, it's um, it, it's uh, the million dollar question, JC, and I, I think most of your viewers could probably pick the answer. Um, my lovely wife. Um, <laughs> so um, I met Bear in Australia. Um, Bear's from Pamplona. Um, and um, I think it was after five years or so together in Oz, Bea wanted to come back to Spain to live. And I, at that stage, was um, relatively responsibility free. Um, so I said, yeah, sure, let's go. Um, Pamplona being landlocked, didn't have much opportunity for a dive instructor with, um, with boat driving qualifications. Uh, so we actually looked in the north of Spain, um, up in the Basque country at dive centres first. Um, but the... Um, 
the, the conditions were a bit extreme for uh, for a tropical diver. Um, so I was like, can we find another another location? We let, literally looked at a map um, and I asked her what the Spanish islands were and it was either the Canary Islands or the Balearics. And, um, and we literally put our finger on Majorca and went, let's go there. Um, so it was, it was, it was relatively unplanned and with a lot of um, good faith that life would lead us in a, in a very good direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, I think you, you picked up a, a very nice, uh, location. Actually, Mallorca is super central. You can travel from everywhere basically to Mallorca, maybe not now, but it will come back definitely. And, uh, it has a, a lot more than, a, a, let's say, a a touristic island. The, the island is just uh, beautiful, offering uh, all we want to see on land and underwater. But we are going to talk about that uh, a bit later. Now, uh, of course, uh, you are a, a diving instructor and I know you. We, we started to know each other actually from the diving center uh, uh, part and you had already then uh, I would say a, a special situation because you expect a diving center in Mallorca, you expect it at the, at the sea and uh, <laughs> with a boat and everything that would goes there. And actually when I visited you, I found my, I was thinking my GPS was not working because I arrived, arrived in the middle of, uh, of nowhere, basically. <laughs> uh, in the countryside. In the countryside, yeah. It made me laugh when I looked at the SSI um, map of a locator, dive center locator, and had all of the, the, the dive centers around the outside of Majorca and then one in the middle. Um, I, I set the business up. Um, so I arrived here 10 years ago. I set up the business um, after a, a, a very short period of time working in a dive center in Yetas. Um, so you'd imagine the, the, the culture shock going from Osprey Reef or the Cod Hole or the Ribbon Reefs in North Queensland to diving Yetas. Um, I, um, I went from, from feeding sharks and, and potato cod and dive eels to seeing the same octopus every day on the same dive. Um, so it, was, it, wasn't a, it, was, it was a big culture shock and I thought to myself, I'm not going to make any money working as an instructor here. Um, and there was a, an industry that, that I'd never seen before and that was the luxury yacht industry. Um, so I thought if I'm going to make any decent money um, with, with diving, I should be focusing on that with my skills that I have from Australia um, and the passion that I've got with, um, with, with marine conservation and, and education. Because I was, I was always trying to push in North Queensland um, programs and I, I got a lot of, a lot of pushing back um, from management. Um, it was a really tough, um, tough uh, um, subject to, to, to bring up over there. So I thought if I start my own business here, target a, an industry that has, um, has sufficient funds to pay decent money. Um, and then it gave me the opportunity to add in um, education and conservation projects through that business. Um, renting a, a local, uh, renting a shop, buying a boat. I'm a dive instructor, JC. Um, so I didn't come to Majorca with a, a huge amount of money. Um, so we focused what we had had in our savings um, towards buying some very good equipment, renting a house, excuse me, in the country um, that was um, that was suitable for setting up a, a dive center, had a trailer. Um, so we did all the training at home um, in the pool, set one of the sheds up as a classroom. And it was, it was almost like a, a liverboard situation because then I could take my tender which was my trailer and my equipment um, to other parts of the island, um, which is really 
working in the yetas was um, was a big inspi inspiration for that um, and not visiting the same sites all the time. And I think this was uh, actually the, the beauty of the of the center to uh, to have this opportunity to move around the island. So uh, uh, that made discovered a lot of different places for your uh, for your customers. And, uh, Definitely, and it was, it was very pleasant. Yeah, it was something different, and we had a we had a lot of locals. Um, we had a I was I was the king of the kids here for many years, JC. Um, we taught a lot of junior open waters. In fact, we were um, we were teaching full junior rescue courses as well at one stage. Um, and that's you know to get these kids through those levels is is quite impressive. Um, and then all the contacts that I made through the yachting industry, um, I'm still getting requests um, if um, people want. Um, want me on board as a private guide or instructor, I'm, I'm happy to do so, um, but without all the paraphernalia of the dive centre. So the dive centre was closed um, about two and a half years ago, uh, so I could focus on the marine regeneration work that I'm doing now. So how was this jump actually from, from uh, let's say, having a diving centre and, and how did you come to this, uh, to this uh, passion of, uh, let's say, uh, conservation? Um, the passion, the passion was always there. I, um, uh, anybody from James Cook University in North Queensland listening, I was refused um, or rejected for my application for marine biology when I was 18. Um, but in a, in a, in a, in a way, um, in a way, JC, that was a blessing in disguise. Um, if I had gone through that, through the, the standard system, um, none of this creativity would have happened. Um, so, um, the passion and the interest in the sea has always been there. Um, I started diving in 1991 in Sydney. Um, I did, um, I wouldn't say a huge amount of diving. Most of my friends were surfers, so they weren't really interested to go diving with me. Um, but then I went up to Cairns in 2003 and did my dive masters. And this, is, this was uh, a pivotal year in, in exactly that, the passion. I, um, I turned up to, I, I, the smallest operation in North Queensland at the time, which were well, at least in Cairns. Um, and there was a, um, a very passionate instructor, SSI instructor actually, um, and um, the owner of the, the vessel, of the operation, John Burnett, uh, was a, a marine biologist. Um, and it was the first time in my diving career that I'd really seen um, an operator put um, at the same level of importance the mechanics of diving and the marine um, environmental side of things as well. So I was very, very lucky. M many, many people that do their dive masters in Cairns don't have that, that combination. Um, so I was very, very lucky that I came across John Burnett. Um, and um, John, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, many years later, um, I'm still very much appreciative. Um, so that's, that's what started it. And then JC, how can you not get inspired um, when, you know, on the Great Barrier Reef, I was every job or every new job I got, I moved further north. Okay. And if, if any, the further away um, from development, from humanity, um, the reef is or was thriving. Um, maybe a little bit different now after so many bleaching events. Um, but um, how can you not get excited and be passionate about something so spectacular um, like the Great Barrier Reef? You know, I remember, I remember handing up my fins to the dive masters on the back of the boat on the on the swim platform and then you know sort of just hanging on the ladder um, and taking a few moments before getting out and continuing to work 
and then feeling this 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 sensation look around behind me and there's a five meter minke whale staring straight at you you know i mean how how can you not get inspired so that that it was it was just a process of 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 living and working and um and really the the people that i was i was very lucky to to, to meet along the way Great, great. And then, okay, then you arrive in Mallorca, you're an, uh, an instructor, you start to work and you, you have the connection. I think uh, it's also a special connection with super yachts and you did safety for, for them. Um, and then you, you, you created your first uh, converse, converse, conservation group, actually. It was called Ondin. Well, the business was called Ondine, Ondine. Um, so uh, Ondine Escape, which is a, a recreational company, diving, hiking, climbing. Um, and the association was Ondine as well. So Association Ondine. Um, both started at almost the same time. We started the business um, and I actually, I took, I had a, um, a presentation on the reef I used to do in North Queensland on the liverboards. Um, and I went in and knocked on the door of Palmer Aquarium, um, came across Deborah Morrison um, and some of the other Palmer Aquarium team. And I asked them if they could, they could convert my um, Great Barrier Reef presentation to a Balearic Sea presentation for me. Um, so that way I could educate the divers um, that were diving with us um, and also educate myself, learn about the new environment that I was, I was living and working in. Um, but um, that led um, at the aquarium to me meeting Gabrielle Mordet, um, who is a local marine biologist. He's a member of the shark specialist group. Um, is a is a very very good guy, one of my best friends now, um, and also the vice president of what was Association Undine, and is now the vice president of Save the Med Foundation. So Biel and I started talking, and I my last job in North Queensland was feeding sharks at Osprey Reef, and I know these days. Animal feeding um, is, is, is a questionable subject, um, but back in the day, there wasn't so many questions and it, and it actually, um, it, it, it affected me in an extremely positive way. Um, so Biel and I started to talk about sharks and I just arriving to Mallorca, wanting to know where I could find sharks. And I remember Biel just looking, just shaking his head and looking down and, you know, <laughs> the, the chances of you finding sharks here, Brad, are very, very small. Um, so, um, he, um, he told me about a population of stingrays, common stingrays in the Bay of Palma. Um, we, um, we discussed this and I asked, has anybody studied it? And we came up with the Mallorca Stingray Survey. Um, that was when the business was still running. Uh, we needed 32,000 euros to do the, to do the project. Um, I think at that stage after starting the business, JC, I didn't even have 32 euros in my bank account. Um, so 32,000 was quite a, a heavy ask. Um, and then I met a wonderful man named Stefan Hurst, um, who's also turned into a very good friend um, and um, told him about the project. And he basically said he'll pay for that. Um, and his generosity and, and, and faith in myself and Gabrielle, faith in me and Biel to do the right thing with his money without really having a solid relationship at that stage was huge. Um, so therefore we started the association, we put the funding in um, and that's exactly how um, Association Ondine started, um, probably in, I think, end of 2012. All right, okay. I <laughs> will come to that. But of course, now, uh, when you are a diving instructor or you are a dive guide, I know many of them that I uh, meet uh, around the world, they have this uh, 
obviously this environmental passion and they would like to start doing something more for uh, for the environment and they would like to start uh, uh, maybe creating a project maybe doing uh, uh, also an association uh, launching an association uh, but it's it's definitely not easy so uh, what would you recommend to them don't give up would be the first thing to um to recommend but um I mean, just so whoever's watching knows, I, my highest qualification is, is an SSI scuba instructor qualification, lifeguard qualification and, and boating qualification. So I've, there's no university degrees for me. Um, there's not a huge amount of experience prior to the last 10 years with not-for-profits. Um, it was just a, a lot of belief and faith um, that I was doing the right thing. Um, I think um, in life, you know, one of the things I think that, that really helped with the evolution of, of this organization was, was me letting things evolve naturally. Um, not being a control freak, identifying the right people who come along at the right time, um, being open, being honest, um, building solid trusting relationships. Um, and it doesn't matter what your organization is called, it doesn't matter what organization is structured, um, it's all people. Um, so unless those, those people are um, really bonding together, um, then it, it makes things very difficult. Um, and I'm saying that you should surround yourself with, with wonderful people, um, professionals, passionate, and I mean, the Save the Med team, um, I cannot speak highly enough of, and part of them were part of Ondine before, before now. Um, it is a, a spectacularly fantastic group of individuals that all contribute in their own special way to what's going on. But JC, everything um, evolved really naturally. And I think if, if people have the ability to let go a little bit in life um, and let and trust that your life will bring the good things that you want to you, um, then, um, then yeah, great things will happen. Uh, and you mentioned a few times uh, passion and passionate life, and and that's that was one of these uh, talks we had also in the in the in the past uh, lives that we had. I think in in our environment, in our life, in our uh, industry, passion is the the key word. If you are not passionate, you, you will not sustain in this industry. You need to have this passion, no matter which direction you go uh, but going into conservation is probably the most hardest uh, part and you have to be super passionate too as well because especially now you move to to the mediterranean uh, part and before you were more focused on i would say the balearic island and then you created save the med so you rebranded everything creating save the med uh you worked super hard to 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 reach that and and if you ask uh, anybody in the diving community and say okay we will do something like that in uh, in, in the meds how is that i mean everybody will say it's the hardest place to to do something personally i think it's maybe uh, hard yes but uh, you there is also not so many people who are doing something in that uh, area so i think this is also very interesting to have uh, someone that is as passionate as you and your, your team to move into this direction. So, uh, then tell us more about uh, the Save the Med. Well, um, just to, just to respond to one of one of your your comments there, JC. This is this was my understanding about the Med and conservation um, prior to coming here. But 
but since establishing myself in Mallorca, I've, I've, I've got to know um, a lot of people here that have been working on marine conservation projects for many, many years. Um, and I'm sure Mallorca and the Blairics is not unique. I'm sure there are organisations all around the Mediterranean um, that have been working tirelessly for many, many years on projects. Um, unfortunately, the Med's got a, a, um, a, well, it's an unfortunate reputation um, for being um, almost void of marine life and full of, full of pollution, um, which, is, which is really not true um, in many locations. And particularly, I mean, I, don't, I, I can't believe how lucky I was when Bea and I put our finger on Majorca um, in relation to the state of the Balearic Sea. Um, it's one of the healthiest areas in the Med. Um, it doesn't mean it's completely healthy. It just means it's healthier. Um, and before, maybe before I speak about, um, about Save the Med where we are, um, because I mean, just, just the fact that a, a salty old Aussie diver has committed his life um, to marine regeneration in an area of the world that people would go, what? Um, you know, I, I, there, there's guys working in, um, in North Queensland, um, Great Barrier Reef Legacy, which are doing great things, you know, and most people expect me to be there doing something um, with those guys. Um, but this is where my commitment is. Um, and um, so yeah, that should give you some sort of idea of why. Um, you know, El, you said we dived in El Toro together, JC. Yes. Um, that place, the beauty of taking people diving here in the Balearics or in Mallorca, particularly to El Toro, um, is that people come with a really, that their expectation is zero, right? Um, and then you take them in the water and you, you show them massive groupers, massive schools of barracuda, um, amberjacks buzzing by, potentially tuna, mores, octopus, nudibranchs, um, and the list goes on. And towards the end of the summer, um, the, the bait fish, the balls of bait fish are everywhere. The only thing missing from those coastal MPAs, in my point of view, to make it a 100% dive um, is uh, pelagic sharks. Um, so that, that, classic, that classic of all the bait fish together and the sharks swimming through the middle and the, that's, one day I will see that here. Um, and then I'll, I will finally have my 100% dive um, here in, in, uh, in Majorca. But um, I mean, some of the, 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 the work that we do out in um, Cabrera National Park, Marine National Park, um, you've, got, you've got resident um, um, sperm whales out there. Um, so I regularly cite those. Um, you've got various species of dolphins out there. Um, you've got the mobula mobula or the giant devil ray and we've got some amazing footage of, of, um, of courtship behavior um, which I don't believe has been caught in the Mediterranean before. Um, there's, there's turtles out there. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing part of the world um, that people really um, don't give it as nearly enough credit for. Um, and I'd really encourage people, particularly now with restrictions on travels and things like this, to um, to really start to scratch into their local area and see what um, what benefits they are and what what what's around. Um, you don't necessarily have to travel to the other side of the world to see these spectacular creatures. Yes, and you are right. I mean, uh, I think that uh, the dive we we did together in this place called El Toro was uh, is is one of these uh, you know. Uh, dive that is in my mind and uh, if i'm asked where do you recommend to go diving of course i have my preferred location and so on but one of these uh, super location or super dive that i mentioned is is mallorca and people will say i exactly the same reaction it's, there's nothing to see yeah. uh, and and uh, i have done uh, other very nice dives in in the meds too i mean in, in front of marseille or 
uh, in the Costa Brava, you have so many good places. And um, yeah, yeah, so uh, absolutely great. <laughs>